0: So this is pretty insane. Warren Buffett makes over $120 billion on Apple's rise to $3 trillion. So this is apparently one of his best bets ever. So let's get right into the story. So Warren Buffett's out-of-character bet on Apple may end up being one of his winningest investments, which I don't even think that's even a word, making more than $120 billion on paper as the tech giant shattered yet another record to top a $3 trillion market valuation this week. Berkshire Hathaway began buying Apple stock in 2016, and by mid-2018, the conglomerate accumulated 5% ownership of the iPhone maker, a stake that cost $36 billion. Flash forward to 2022, and the Apple investment is now worth 160. billion billion dollars, as the massive rally extended into the new year. So, without a doubt, it is one of the strongest investments that Berkshire has made in the last decade, said James Shanahan, Berkshire analyst at Edward Jones. Other than Apple's giant appreciation in share price, it has also been a lucrative bet for Berkshire because of its hefty payouts. So Berkshire has enjoyed regular dividends averaging about 775 million dollars annually. So this is Berkshire's Apple stake over the last 5 years. Oh, which by the way, if you didn't know, Apple still actually offers a dividend with it. So just keep that in mind. So back in 2016, he had 61,242,652 shares and 2020 he has nine hundred and seven million five hundred and fifty nine thousand seven hundred sixty one shares. Now the market value back then in twenty sixteen was about is it? Uh, cost, I think that cost him what, like six billion, seven billion? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so yeah, this is thirty six billion. Okay. Yeah, back in twenty eighteen it was thirty six billion for his cost and now, roughly, the market value is it's <laughs> so disgusting. Right? Like but here's the thing, right? The important thing to really understand about this story is that this is the reason why you want to get out of debt so that you have the cash flow to invest heavy, right? Because you want to put as much money as you can towards investments that will grow. We're talking stocks, we're talking real estate, we're even talking about crypto. You want the opportunity available to you to just go heavy towards investments, right? Because look, if you keep $10,000 in the bank, well, in 10 years, it's going to be $10,000, but what you can buy with that is less, right? But if you put that $10,000 into investments, it might end up becoming worth 100000 a million dollars. You don't know, right? But it's definitely not going to be worth only $10,000 if you invest your money correctly, right? Because here's the thing, right? Because the United States prints money, your purchasing power is always going to decrease. And this is why you need to invest into things that will compound or just like soar in value so that you could easily make as much money as you want when you want it. Because here's the thing, right? They are generating money while this thing is grow, like, like, scaling up, like just like shooting for the moon, because this stock still provides a dividend. Now it's a small dividend, like Apple stock only gives a very small dividend, but because they invested so heavy into it, and it soared so much in value, they're gonna be getting paid a lot of money just by holding this stock, right? And this is really the like, the kind of line of thinking that you should really do, right? And this is also one of the reasons why we push people, like if they were to invest their money, you know, investing into like an ETF that like does the S P five hundred is not that bad of an idea because one, it has a very long track record of getting pretty decent returns every single year without you ever having to do anything. And it provides a dividend which you can then put towards reinvesting back into it, meaning your net worth over time is continuously growing, right? Because it is able technically to provide an income at some point to where if you have a decent net worth and it's in like a S&P 500 ETF, And instead of like reinvesting the money, you end up wanting to just take that dividend in cash. And if you have like a few million dollars in that account, guess what? You could probably live off of that now, without having to do really anything for the rest of your life, depending on your expenses, depending on your lifestyle. So this is why we always push to get out of debt, so that you could get more money put in towards investments, so that you don't really gotta worry about money per se in really any sense, now or the future. So Buffett's aversion to high-flying tech stocks has been well-documented, but the Oracle of Omaha warmed up to the sector in the last decade with help from his investing deputies, Todd Combs and Ted Westler. Berkshire's Apple stake now makes up for more than 40% of its equity portfolio, according to Insiderscore.com calculations. The conglomerate is Apple's largest shareholder outside of index and exchange traded fund providers. So, the billionaire investor has called Apple's Berkshire's third largest business after its insurance and railroad interest. Buffett previously said the iPhone is a sticky product, keeping people within the company's ecosystem. And this is very important because, like, what's so crazy about the Apple ecosystem, the iPhone ecosystem, is that There's a whole bunch of people that will literally look down on another person for simply not having an iPhone, right? There's some ladies out there that will literally not date a guy if they have an Android phone, right? There are people who think that you're poor if you don't have an Apple phone, right? There are people who only only use Apple products for everything tech based in their life right so it's it's basically almost like a cult but even more than that because like it's embedded into some of these people right and it's very interesting to see if you were to ever like look at someone who's like a big Apple user and just like watch them do like their daily life you're like whoa. <laughs> You're totally in a cult. Like, it's pretty crazy to actually like look at it from like the outside. Looking in, it's pretty funny. So it's probably the best business I know in the world, Buffett said in a CNBC interview in February 2020. I don't think of Apple as a stock. I think of it as our third business. But you're not likely to hear from Buffett crowing about the winning trade since that's not his style. And he is often quick to point out when shares appreciate that the gains are not real yet and subject to further fluctuations. Still, the investor has realized some of the profit in real terms over the years. Since 2018, Berkshire has been trimming its Apple stake slightly, with the conglomerate pocketing $11 billion in 2020. However, because of Apple's repurchase programs, which shrink the number of its outstanding shares, Berkshire's overall stake in the tech company has actually gotten bigger. Which is kind of funny when you really think about it. So Berkshire's investment in Apple vividly illustrates the power of repurchases, the conglomerate said in his 2020 annual report. Despite that sale in 2020, voila, Berkshire now owns 5.4% in Apple. Well, of Apple. That increase was costless to us coming about because Apple has continuously repurchased its shares, thereby substantially shrinking the number it now has outstanding. But that's far from all of the good news. Because we also repurchased Berkshire, ha- uh, Berkshire shares during the two and a half years, you now indirectly own a full 10% more of Apple's assets and future earnings than you did in July 2018, Berkshire said in the report. So the investment in the tech giant played a crucial role in helping the conglomerate weather the COVID-19 crisis in 2020 as other pillars of his business, including insurance and energy, took a huge hit. So again, the most important thing to really understand this is that if you do not have any money in the market or in any investments, you need to work very hard to pay off your debt so that you could funnel disgusting amounts of money into investments so that your net worth dramatically increases over time. And the reason why we say dramatically is, for example, and we're just using this as an example. If you have a car payment of about like $300 to $500 per month, just a car payment. I'm not even talking about insurance. I'm just speaking car payment, right? Because this would actually end up being more with insurance and all that kind of stuff, gas, all that kind of stuff, right? But just a car payment, right? If you put that same amount that you're paying for your car, right, every single month towards an investment like an S&P 500 ETF, over the next few decades, if you kept doing that, it would make you a multi-millionaire, okay? And some people might say like, oh, that's just kind of stupid." Well, here's another way to really think about it, right? Because we could actually just check this right now, right? So let's see, uh, compound interest calculator. Just so that people end up really understanding the importance of this right and we're going to use investor.gov so here's the initial investment amount of money that you have available to invest initially and since typically when you go buy like a car from a dealership you put like a down payment so i'll say like a two thousand dollar down payment right so two thousand dollars down payment the monthly contribution we'll just put three hundred dollars right? Length of time in years. Well, since we're just doing like a car example, we'll just put it for five because that is a policy term that they have. Estimated interest rate, so your estimated annual interest rate, you can get like roughly between 8 to 12% in an index fund ETF. So we'll just say 8%. So the range of interest rates above and below, the rates at above that you desire to see results for, we'll just do one above and below, just to keep it like that. So compound frequency, times per year that interest will be compounded annually. So let's calculate. So the results are, in five years, you will have $24,058.42, well no right? That is in five years years right? Now let's increase the time of years. So 10 years. calculate now it's fifty six thousand four hundred and sixty nine dollars and forty seven cents right? Now let's do 20 right a hundred and seventy four thousand. And sixty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents, and since typically you usually like retire at like age sixty, we're like kind of like assuming that you're basically like age twenty in this example. So we'll just do forty years of doing this. You have nine hundred and seventy-six thousand and fifty-two dollars and fifty-one cents. Now here's the thing, that's assuming that you only put two thousand dollars in the initial investment. And that's also assuming that you only put $300 per month in that thing, right? But for example, there's some people with like a massive car payment that they're paying. Like I've met people that have a car payment of $700, right? But I'll just do $500 for this example. We'll take it back to the five years mark. Same interest rate, same rate variance annually, all that kind of stuff, right? Same initial Investment, right? So be thirty-eight thousand one hundred and thirty-eight dollars and twenty-six cents, right, for the five years, and then ten years. And again, this is also assuming that you're only getting an eight percent interest rate. Ninety-one thousand after ten years. We could go back to forty. So within forty years you will have $1,597,788.16. Now again, you gotta also assume, well you gotta really understand something, right? This is assuming this is the only money that you're putting in per month. This is assuming that this is your only initial investment, right, you could have a 10,000 initial investment, you could have a $50,000 initial investment or a $100,000 initial investment, everyone's situation is a little bit different right but here's the thing if your income increases over time right so let's say that you start making twenty thousand a year forty thousand sixty thousand eighty thousand a hundred thousand dollars a year but you still keep your lifestyle costs pretty low you can increase this amount by a lot right so for example let's say that you're putting two thousand dollars Per month, every single month to there, right? Which is what, like twenty-four thousand dollars a year, plus that initial investment, and we just do this for the five-year mark, right? After five years, you will have a hundred forty-three thousand seven hundred thirty-seven dollars and eight cents, and then let's do the ten-year mark again. Calculate three hundred and fifty one thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars and thirty five cents and then it's back to the forty you end up having six million two hundred and sixty thousand eight hundred and five dollars and forty nine cents and again this is really if you're just to keep your costs low and just invest consistently because here's the thing right some people might say like oh you know two thousand dollars a month might be really hard to do and for a lot of people it is Right, but really, you got to think about it: two thousand dollars a month is twenty-four thousand dollars a year. Right, so if you're making close to six figures a year, you should be easily able to do this if you keep your costs low. Right, if you keep your living costs low, you could easily do this. Right, but here's the thing: the main thing to really understand about this is that you need to start as soon as possible and you need to have no debt so that you could just keep funneling as much money as you can towards these types of investments because you want to have the freedom to just toss as big amount as you can towards your investments because the more money you put towards it the much faster it's going to end up growing and here's the thing This is also basically like not really doing anything, right? Because another thing to really understand, like for the Warren Buffett example, right? That annual interest rate wasn't 8%, right? Like this example that I'm using is doing like very lazy investing by putting your money into an ETF, right? Which we recommend. We recommend most people to do this, right? Technically, we recommend everyone to do this, But once you do this consistently, like for example, let's say that you do like the $500 per month or the $1,000 per month or $300 per month, right? But you consistently do it. Like you do this automatically no matter what every single month after you paid off your debt. Then excess cash you could put more into riskier things that have the chance to make the disgusting returns that he has, right? Because, look, you want to be able to make like a big windfall of that, like the big uh, amount like that because it's, it's crazy when you really think about it, right? Like for example, I think you could have pretty much quadrupled the amount of money that you put into Apple if you put it back in like I think 2012 or 2013 roughly, right? So, well, maybe not quadrupled, maybe like tripled, doubled or tripled. But the thing to really understand is that like the returns would be over like 160% or something like that, like something crazy, right? And it's not like an 8% return, right? Like there's some, like for example, right? If you had excess cash and you put it into Tesla right before this stuff all happened, right? Right before COVID basically happened, guess what? you'd be sitting really happy right now with massive returns. And it's just something to really understand about this type of thing. It's like personal finance is personal, but it's also simple. You don't got to overcomplicate it. Just get out of debt, have an emergency fund, and start putting a lot of money, as much money as you can really, towards investments so that you don't get screwed over by the government that is taking away your purchasing power. Like, that's the thing just to really understand, right? Like, imagine if, like, let's say that your parents were to give you, like, an inheritance, right? But they only kept the money in, like, a cardboard box or, like, a shoe box, and it's, like, $10,000. And they held on to that for, like, 40 years, That $10,000 after 40 years, right, so like let's actually do this, right? So an initial investment of $10,000, right, no monthly contributions at the same interest rate, very same, 40-year length of time, right, this $10,000, what would it be $217,245.21 $217,245.21 like, this is the importance of investing your money right instead of just leaving everything in cash or going the uh, complete opposite direction and going negative by paying companies a monthly fee because you're in debt to them right like It's just crazy when you really think about it. Like you don't want to be in this type of situation where you're so burdened by debt that you're literally screwing yourself out of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And this is also the scary thing too because there's so many people with student loan debt that have this number in debt. Like there's so many people they have $200,000 plus in student loan debt which is so scary right because you're literally negative 200k before you even start making really any money like that is such a scary thing to be in, in and this is why we push so hard to get out of debt because you do not want to be negative for the rest of your life because by the time you end up retiring you're screwed like if you still have like 200k worth of student loan debt when you retire, you're screwed. You are really screwed. So just keep that in mind. If you want to learn how to get out of debt, go to 40 inboxcom But this is the importance of why you need to get out of debt and start investing your money as soon as possible. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by.